Hallelujah. Who's expectant here today? Ah, okay. Only a few people. So some just came here for, for the sake of coming to church. I think I'm still having problems. If you're expectant, that's when you receive from God. If you're not expectant today, then there's no way you'll be able to receive anything from him today. So as Brother Kenneth was praying, I hope you will be able to open your hearts and expect from what the Lord is about to give you. If you haven't prayed that, I'll just give you a moment to pray. Pray along that line. Say, Lord, I've come here. Speak to me. Father Lord, I've come here. Speak to me. Father Lord, please speak to me. Father Lord, even as I speak forth your word, I pray that, Lord, that it shall come out, it will touch lives here, Father Lord, and people will connect with this message. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm happy to be in church, and I'm very, very expectant that God will speak, and uh, he will also speak to me today. Okay? Uh, my message is just going to be a message of encouragement to the body of Christ as we start today. Okay? And it will be a little bit interactive also, because I don't want anybody sleeping off, okay? It's afternoon time. So I'll start. I have a couple of slides. The first slide, uh, what do these organizations have in common? And I want a young person, somebody that's six years or below. Can he answer me? Six years or below. Anybody? Any? Anybody that can try? <laughs> Are they shy? I know you've had your Friday school. Okay, let me make it to 10 years and below. Okay, yes, young man. Yes. They're all what? Arab? Arabs, no, 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 no. Nice try, nice try. 10 years and below. Okay, 12 years and below. Who said that? I'll take the, the young one. You did what? United. united. Exactly. It was quite simple. They all have united in them. Okay? Sheffield United is a football club. It was a combination of various teams that got together and they became Sheffield United. United Airlines, amalgamation of several airlines that became United Airlines. United Arab Emirates. Who knows United Arab Emirates? Everybody should know that, isn't it? Famous location, Dubai, Abu Dhabi. Combination of various Emirates. And United Nations. All of us belong to that, isn't it? A community of nations come together. And the last one, I had to put that there. Manchester United. <laughs> the spirit of being united. We're not doing very well. I can see a new discovery in his eyes. But we're all united, okay? In one spirit that one day we'll also go back to our winning days. So what is my message today? My message is about united in Christ. Okay? United in Christ. That is the topic we're talking about. You can put united, it can be unity. Okay? But we're talking of united in Christ. And the normal way I'll go through the definitions of what united or unity means. Okay? 
The first definition says, I'm taking these definitions from the Webster dictionary. Made one, combined. Okay, made one, combined. Relating to or produced by joint action. Okay, relating to or produced by joint action. The third one is being in agreement. Okay, harmonious, harmony. That's what we mean when we're saying united or unity. But I also have my own definitions, okay? And I put them together in various forms to get the meat of what we're talking about today, okay? Being in one accord, in one mind, and one passion, okay? Being in one accord, one mind, and one passion. I'll give you time to write that. Being in one accord, one mind, and one passion. Second one is being in agreement for a common purpose. Okay? Being in agreement for common. And in this case, our purpose being Christ. Are we together? In this case, our purpose being Christ. And that's what we're called Christians, followers of Christ. So that is the purpose of us being called Christians, being united in Christ. That's our common purpose. That's a common purpose for everybody here. Are we together? Okay. Now, for us to get the meat out of coming of being united, we'll look at this unity. Where did it start from? So our text will be taken from Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 to 9. I'm sure you can see uh, my, uh, the text, Genesis 11, 1 to 9. And I'll explain that old building that you can see going, going up there. It's a very common story, and I'll read. Now the whole world had one language and one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shina, and they dwelt there. That's almost modern-day Iraq area, isn't it? And then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had bricks for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, okay? Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole world. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the world. So they wanted to come together, okay? But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from over from there over the, to the face of all the earth. And they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the world, of the earth. Praise the Lord. Story of the Tower of Babel. And I look at our church here, and we can see a Babel also. Praise the Lord. 
Okay, I'll beg your indulgence. Let's just, just, uh, just do something that also to, to keep us going. In Nigeria, we have over 300 languages. Okay? 300 different distinct languages. Okay? And I'm just going to illustrate something. Okay? If you're the, from the southwest of Nigeria, predominantly Yoruba area, please can you stand up? In church, please. Don't be shy. Uh-huh. Okay? So we see we can have a couple of... Okay, sit down, please. If you're from the south-south of Nigeria, we have different languages, Ijo, Ishekiri, please stand up. Okay, Brother Solomon, uh-huh. Brother Festus, and Brother Hilton. Excellent. Are we, get, are we there? If you're from the southeast of Nigeria, where you have Igbo tribes, please stand up. Excellent. Okay. Now, last but not but the least, if you're from the north, where you have different languages, I know a few, Please stand up. If you're from the north of Nigeria. Okay, excellent. I count for that part. Please be seated. Okay? Now, that is one country. Okay. Let's go to Kenya. I know the two big tribes. If you're Kikuyu, is anybody from Kikuyu here? Okay. How about Luo? Excellent. Sister Mary, excellent. And I, I spoke about the friend, Kenneth, to be assured, this Luhaya, is it? Luya. Luya, sorry. If you have a Luya, please stand up. Excellent. Okay. Now, I'm just showing this. Please, me have your seat. Now, this is Kenya alone. Okay. Now, we're looking at when bread of life. Now, let me go to the big one. <laughs> I hope I can get it right. Okay. If you're Malayam, if, don't, 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 don't kill me if I don't say it properly, but I'm getting there. Malayalam, please stand up. Uh -huh. Excellent. Mm, okay. Please have your seat. If you're Tamil. Uh -huh. <laughs> I know that's where pastors are from. Excellent. Have your seat. Excellent. If you're Telugu. Uh -huh. I know a couple. Excellent. Please have your seat. Uh, if you're Canada, is it Canada? Canada. Oh, Canada. Excellent. Okay. Please have your seat. Konkani. Oh, I know the ones that always... Uh, they resemble the Yoruba tribes of Nigeria. They always marry. Hallelujah. Please have your seat. Marathi. Do you have any Marathi? Oh, excellent. Okay. Excellent. God bless you. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, do, do you have Gujarati? Mm -hmm. I know, Brother Jignesh. That was one I was, I was looking for. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, as I get in up north, I'm getting less Christians, isn't it? In India. Am I correct? There's one Odisse. I'm not too sure. Do you have anybody from there? Odisse. Odisse. So I think that is where I'm lost, and I think I'll stop there. If I haven't called yours, please forgive me. <laughs> I'm learning every day. I'm sure I'll be able to get the others. Okay? Now, this is just one church. Now, there are other tribes. We have South Africans, Africans. Sister Heidi, Sister Janice, please stand up, please. This is Africans. The other day, please have your seat. We had Sister Blanche from Cameroon. Praise the Lord. Okay? And we have people from the Philippines. Uh, they speak Telugu. I'm not too sure whether Brother Noli and Sister Rachel are from the same place, but the Philippines, please stand up. Praise the Lord. 
and we have my brother from Ghana. We are fighting this evening. We are having a match. <laughs> we are going to win, Brother Maxwell. <laughs> Ghanaian. So what am I saying? Okay? We look at each other, but there are differences. Am I correct? And sometimes we tend to speak in one area. It's almost like we're Babel. I'm sure sometimes if I look at all Indians, I think all of you are from the same area. Am I correct? But as you get to know people, you know the differences. And I'm sure likewise, maybe the Indian brethren also look at the Nigerian brother, they'll say we're all from one same area. But we have our own distinct languages and everything. Okay? So I'm looking at it from the context of the church. Okay, we're going to look at it in the context of church and family. But one thing you have to understand is, let me not confuse you. You said we weren't talking about unity, but yet the Lord scattered them. Okay? It sounds confusing. Are we together? But the important thing at that time was the Lord did not ask them to gather. If you go to Genesis 8.17, towards the end, it said, and be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. They were supposed to spread out, but they came together. Okay? They, even what they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower who stops in heaven. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad. The reason why God did that was they were walking in disobedience. It's not that God does not like unity. So let's get that quite clear. Okay? I, I, I mentioned that just for us to be able to, to see the genesis of disunity. Even though they were being disobedient and rebellious. It shows, demonstrates the power of unity once you come together. Now, unity was even in existence before man. Who agrees? Unity was existence, it was in existence before man. And I'll prove that to you. In Genesis 1:26, it said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Are we together? Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. He said, let us. That means they were together. Okay? So it was in existence before man. So that means it was central to God's plan. Now, I was talking about the church. The early church was united in purpose. And I think that's what we're missing here. It was united in purpose. If you don't have unity in church, in a church you cannot grow. In Acts 1.14, there were three areas where unity is required, okay? In the church. In Acts 1.14, they prayed in one accord. 1.14 says, These they all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. They prayed in one accord. Once we gather together and pray in one accord, God will hear us. That's why when the church is open, were required to assemble together. That is why when we call for intercession or night vigil, we're required to come together because there's a power in unity. There's a power in united prayer. That's what the early church was doing. Some of the places that you get breakthrough is when people come for prayer and did not think of anything but that thing that is central there. There's power in prayer and unity. And they also faced their problems in one accord. In Acts 4, 24. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, 
You are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is with them. Once they have a problem, they came together in one. And also they sought God's power in one accord. Acts 5.12. And though the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the power, among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Now, if only we could at least try and resemble the early church, the church would be stronger today. The church has been broken down because of lack of unity. Denominations, doctrines, everything has gone down. And that is where the unity is required. That's why the church is so much chaos nowadays. Our cousins are kind of united also. Because first of all, they have their own denominations. But first of all, they are one religion first before the denominations. If we can look at ourselves as Christians, as one, before any other thing, we'll be a stronger church for Christ. Now, what am I trying to say? I'm not trying to say there shouldn't be differences in churches. I'm not trying to say there should not be different ideas, but the fundamentals of the church does not change. The fundamentals of what Christ adds, attributed, does not change. A lot of things that have changed is very doctrinal things that will not be an issue of you making heaven or not. There are basic sins. Three in one, Trinity, salvation through Jesus Christ. Those are basic things. But other things that we add on on churches and we hold on to those things tears us apart. It's very important that we'll be united. And very important that leaders seek for unity among the church. Whether leaders of TBOLF, leaders of KSL, you need to seek unity. Number two, unity in the family. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together unless they agreed? Unless I agreed is a rhetorical question. Can two walk together unless they have agreed? Genesis 2.24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Two separate individuals, often from a different background, but working together as one, unified. Now, families are so much fractionalized. Major reasons? Finance. Am I correct? Number two reasons? You call them in-laws sometimes. Some people call them outlaws. <laughs> External influences. Am I correct? Three, roles and responsibilities. No one standing up to his role and responsibility as God gave it to us. I mean, we did a study of the family. Last year, I think it was last year. Uh, last year. Rosalind was very, very clearly defined. But that is not God's intention. God's intention is husband and wife as one. There's no joint family. If you cannot agree on something, if you see families are striving ahead, it's because they're in unity. Ananias and Sapphira walked, they lied to the Holy Spirit. 
But one thing you cannot take away from them, they were united even though it was the wrong cause. Are we together? A wrong cause, but they had one mind. When God goes, when you end up in heaven, husband, they will ask you about your wife. Wife, they will ask you about your husband. Don't ask about any other person. Don't be allowed to be influenced by others outside what God has said. So keeping secrets among yourselves is a problem. God made Adam and Eve. Don't allow your home be broken. It can go faster if you're together in one unity. Have you watched a relay? Four by one. I used to love watching four by one. And so a lot of all these drugs started getting to it and it started demoralizing me. But the teams that do well are those that can be able to switch together. You know, I can remember in my sporting days, there were, there were two ways to collect the button. One was like this, and one was like something like another one on top. I can't remember. But those ways, there was some that it was supposed to be a split second from taking off. The one that had a smooth transition, they were faster. Some of us have not gone to a greater height in our families because we're not united. And the statement I have here, there is no better prayer partner than your spouse. Some will run to pastor to after pastor. Oh, pastor, I need to pray for you. Or you run to your in-laws or whatever. It says, oh, I want you to pray. No! Even if you have a husband that might not be a prayer warrior than you, if you're a woman, still pray with him. Because that's where God will hear you. When you're in agreement. Not when you come to pastor, you're in agreement with pastor. But the same thing with the husbands also. When you pray with your wife, God will hear you. Are we together? Are we together? Number three. United in Christ. Psalm 133 verse 1. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. I keep on saying this. This was the motto of my high school. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell in unity. Because we came from all parts of the country under one dormitory. And that has built our lives. If you land in Oman right now, okay? And you say you're from Baptist High School. No matter where it is, I'm obligated to accommodate you. Because you came from that alma mater. That's how serious we take it. Are we together? And that's the same thing for you accepting somebody. All he has to tell you is he's a born-again Christian. That's all. That's all you need. Now you can see that we had different languages, different cultures. But what that's what unifies us, Christ. That's all that we need. Now, are we not going to be different? We'll be different. First Corinthians 12, 12 to 4. To, um, chapter 12, verse 12 to 14. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. 
whether Jews or Greeks. You can put there Indians, Nigerians, Kenyans, South Africans, everything. Whether slaves or free. And have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. We are all baptized in one spirit. That makes Kibi my brother. Brother Banji, my brother. Brother Matthew, my brother. They're my brother because we're one in Christ. And that's the outlook I want you to look at each person that's here. They're your brothers. They're your sisters. You're responsible for them. Okay? So those three areas. Now, reasons why we're not united. Who can tell me the reasons why we're not united? No, the reasons to be united. Let's even start. Let's even go for the positive. What are the reasons to be united? One. It leads to greater and efficient output. It leads to greater and efficient output. In Ecclesiastes 4.9, it says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Anything. Two are better than one. Am I, I together? Combine two finances, better than one. Combine two heads, they're better than one. That's why no one is an island, isn't it? The people in Tower of Babel, they were all together in one accord, and that's why they were accomplishing that tower. Now I'm saying the youth. Angie for say here. Excellent. That's good. And I'll put you to task. Two are better than one. What does that mean? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In the near future, I will expect to hear wedding bells, isn't it? One way or the other, individually or whatever it is. Because you have reached a certain level. Once you become of age, you meet your better half and you will sail further and further. Two are better than one. And those in school, young kids, High school. Once you go out there, there are people that are totally different from you because they don't have the same moral standards like you. I know you have believers that are your friends. Please stick together because two are better than one. You have challenges, you share your challenges with one another. You grow together. You're a different generation. You're a different set of people. God has set you aside. So when you go to high school, people might be doing different things. But you have to remain holy and pure. And the more you see people like you like that, hold on to them. Hold on to them. You don't have to follow the bad people to feel they're going to be an monk. You don't want Because you're not of that standard. You're of a different standard. And I know that in each of your schools, God will provide a friend, a brother that has the same moral standards with you. And I know your parents will support that friendship. Okay? So please, our young kids, take note of that. Number two, it leads to longevity. It leads to a longer lifespan of something, of anything. Once you're united, it becomes sustainable. 
you're able to sustain things. There's a story in June 16, 1858, okay? When Abraham Lincoln was the senator of the state of Illinois. And he gave a speech in the Senate, in the state Senate. Then there was a debate about slavery and abolition of slavery in the United States of America. Okay? So there's a debate. We should keep slavery, we should not keep slavery. And he gave a famous speech that has become very, very popular in the world. And I'll read, I'll paraphrase part of that speech. A house divided against itself cannot stand. I believe this government cannot endure permanently half slave and half free. I do not expect the union to be dissolved. That's the United States of America. I do not expect the house to fail. But I do expect that it will cease to be divided. It will become one thing or all the other. So what you're saying there, essentially, is either we accept slavery and move in one direction, or we don't accept slavery and move in the other direction. Unfortunately, it led to the abolishment of, the, of slavery in the United States of America. But it became sustainable. Now you will see a lot of countries now have stopped to exist. They have been broken down because they could not agree on some, some common stance. That's how countries are divided. That's how churches are divided. That's why you see the body of Christ being divided into different things because it, they cannot sustain it for a certain time because they're not being able to keep the core values together. Now, that famous speech was gotten from the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a lot of things like people you hear, you think it's from the secular, but it's from the Bible. Mark 3, 25. And if a house is divided against itself, the house cannot stand. Lincoln was quoting the Bible. Matthew 12, 25. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against its house will not stand. It takes me back to the family. When it says house, a house divided by itself will not stand. It will divorce. Can it divorce? Now, when I'm talking about this thing, you sometimes you're even thinking about husband and wife, but even children and parents. Are we together? The same thing for our church. If a church is divided, it will not accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. The bread of life is 35. This 35? Yeah, I think 35 years this year. United, growing stronger with all these different nationalities, <laughs> different languages, different cultures. Am I together? That means we're doing some certain things right. And I don't want us to stop doing those things. And that's why this message is coming to you today. If we are to last and do God's work, we need to be united. Number three, it leads to a greater anointing. Matthew 3, chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. 
It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to John and at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered to him, permit it to be so now, for thus is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighted upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son with whom I'm pleased. Well pleased. The father spoke. The Holy Spirit came down. Jesus was almost there. All united in one purpose. And that's why Jesus was able to accomplish his task. Fast forward. Go to the new church in Acts 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing of mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there were appeared to them divided tongues as of the fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were gathered in one place, in one accord. Don't forget my earlier definition, in one accord. And they received the anointing. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, sometimes it happens when people are in one spirit, praying for it, and asking God to bless them in one accord. Not being distracted. When we go to our house fellowships, are we distracted in what we've been taught? Are we thinking about jollof rice? Or biryani? Are we concentrating what the Kelsa leader is saying? Are you in one accord? Believe me, and I say this, in the house fellowship, a lot of prayers have been answered. I can speak of my own house fellowship. And I'm sure it's a replication of the other house fellowships. Because a smaller unit has come together and dwell in a place of prayer and agreement. To get an agreement of the whole church to pray now, it will not be easy as getting that in a care cell. In one accord. And once in one accord, God will answer. If you don't have a care cell, go and get a care cell as soon as possible. If you have not been serious about it, please be serious about it. Ministry is the same thing. Whether it's a youth, men, women, unity. It comes with a great anointing. Are we together? It comes with a great anointing. Thank God the women I had, they had a lovely time at the park last Saturday. I felt bad that I missed it. Because I had so many good stories. And every, all I got was I was so lovely. They were able to come together and enjoy themselves in one accord. Nobody stayed back. The ones that could make it, everyone made it. So that's the third one. It leads to greater anointing. Next slide, please. I'll go back now again. Can I go to the next slide? Where is this? Any, any 10-year-old below? Yes, Shime. Uh huh. The Great Wall of China. I hope you can see that. That's the famous, the Great Wall of China. Maybe it's not too, it's not too clear. Now, what's the story before about the Great Wall of China? Massive wall, two thousand four hundred kilometers in north area. 
circumference was almost 21,000 kilometers. Massive, isn't it? 12 to 40 feet wide. 20 to 50 feet high. 20 to 50 feet high, depending on the areas. I'm six foot. I'm now up to 10, and they're saying 20 to 50. So you can see how high that wall was. It was so wide also that chariots could go on. I pray one time if Jesus does not come, I would love to go and see the place. I know part of it has been demolished. But it was massive. And why did they build that wall? To protect the city. Are we together? It was to protect the city. But I'll tell you something. In the first hundred years of the war, it was breached three times. Do you know why? Do you know why? Corruption. But I really say corruption. They bribed the gatekeeper and the people walked in. <laughs> they bribed the gatekeeper and the enemy walked in. The gatekeeper was not united with the purpose of what they were doing for the Great Wall of China. Okay? And that's why I say it leads to greater security. If you're not united in your family, you're not united in the church, it leaves avenues for the enemy to come in. To call this harmony in families. External influences will come in. Even the church, external influences will come in and break the church. Someone will come with a particular doctrine and say, oh, I'm going to fight this. Within the church, you have to be alert. That's the spirit of being united. If someone comes and you say, no, 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 no. If someone says something about your wife, no, 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 no. Let me find out. Let me confirm. Vis 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 the same thing on the other side. But what am I trying to say is, you leave yourself open to the enemy if you're not united. I showed you football. Some of the goals that they have scored, the defenders are not united. One is running one way, he's leaving the place open, and somebody scores, isn't it? So we cannot diminish the importance of unity among ourselves. Okay, so I've mentioned four reasons, okay, what the reasons for. Now, why are we not united? I'm just looking at my time. Why are we not united? Number one, self-centeredness. We focus on me, myself, and I. It has to be my way. If it's not my way, there's no compromise. Are we together? If it's not my doctrine, there's no way. My doctrine is correct. As a church, this is what I believe in. Anything outside that, I'm not going to listen to you. In leaderships, circular, church, this is what I believe should be. If it's not, then I'm going to spoil everything. That's number one. I'm going to look after my northern Nigerian brethren. I'm not going to worry about my southwestern brethren or my southeastern brethren. Isn't it? 
the early church, that's how deacons came about. They were sharing food and someone, someone not getting. So I guess maybe some people are doing wasta, isn't it? <laughs> some people are doing favoritism. Then they said, let us bring deacons among yourself. Let them go down. Because apostles did not know everybody. But they brought upright men. That everything can be balanced, can be fair. That's number one thing. Disunity among us is self-centeredness. Whether as a church, whether as a family, or even as individuals. Number two. Jealousy and envy. Okay? God has a purpose for everyone in the church. And everyone is needed in the church. If I'm in the church now and I don't have Brother Matthew's voice and I become so jealous of him, it will see, put a seed of discord inside. Instead of me looking for what God has asked me to do in the church. As I read earlier on, there are different parts and different members of the church. You just need to find your part and operate within that limit. Operate within that limit. And God will bless you. God will bless the church. But once jealousy and envy start, it becomes a problem. I see the body of Christ churches insulting different churches, insulting different men of God back and forth. And all these people saying they're Christians. And what is the root? You'll end up seeing is jealousy and envy. Or oh, he got to church when when did he come to church? He's a leader, this and this. That is not what you're looking at. You're looking at your relationship with God. Number three, unforgiveness and bitterness. The unwillingness to forgive someone who has wronged you hinders unity. Someone not even realize that I've hurt you. It brings out bitterness and resentment. It brings a lot of disunity. Homes, families, church. You'll be surprised in church if somebody will say, I won't forgive this my brother in church. I won't forgive this my wife. I won't forgive this my husband. I won't forgive this my child. It breaks the bond. Cautious of my time, and I'll just wrap up. I'll try and wrap up as soon as I can. Now, what is the way forward for us to be united as a church? Simple things. Simple things. But I want you to take them in heart and look at them in that level. Number one, love. Love the brethren. Love the brethren. They say love covers a multitude of sins. I was discussing with somebody yesterday. We were talking about Abaya. And uh, they said that Abaya covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> and I, I laughed, you know. And I'm relating it with love. Love covers a multitude of sins. You can forgive. You can forget. 
Am I together? That's number one way to bring unity. Number two, bearing one another's uh, burden. Bearing one another's burden. Your brother is in trouble. You go out to help. If we have that, we'll have unity in the church. Your brother does not need to wait for him to ask for help. Okay? If you can see a need, go and help. He should not ask. Are we together? As a church, as a care cell, no one should come and ask. You go and help. That's what God has called us as Christians. That's why it means to bear one another's burden. It doesn't even have to be financial. You can even say, hey, brother, sister, let's hold our hands in agreement with prayer. Brother and sister, let me fast with you and believe God with you that this will come through. It can even be a call of encouragement. That is bearing one another's burden. How many times have you called people in your cell or even outside the church? Oh, how are you? I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing? That fosters unity. Go to any sports. The teams are doing well. They're also friends outside the pitch. Because they're united outside the pitch, and once they come together, they play very well. The same thing in church. Someone comes to your office, is from the bread of life, that or come as a Christian. That's the first thing. You open your doors automatically. You want to get to my office, but you want to get my attention. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, that's good. That's the first thing. Please sit down. I want to hear what you have to say. That's bearing one another's burden. Jesus said, you saw me hungry. You didn't help me. That means if you see your brother in trouble, you are obligated. I want to say that you're obligated to reach out to help. Please, as bread of life, as Christians, that's what we're asked to do. Number three, praying for one another. Praying for each other. Pray for your family, your children, your spouse. Pray for one another. Even if you cannot help materially, you pray for one another. Number four, forgetting the past. Okay? Forgetting the past. Whatever has happened in the past is the past. And we're moving forward. It's very hard to forget, but we're required to do that. Number five, thinking the best of each other. I have one difficulty is that I don't see things the way some people see at times because I think the best of everybody. And when sometimes when some people happen, they'll say, I didn't know. I said, no, I'm just obvious. I don't even know. Because this is how I've taken the person to be. You have to think the best of one another. Whatever, wherever the person comes from. Oh, this is the way Tamil people are. Oh, this is the way oh, Marathi people are. Oh, this is the way Igbo people are. Oh, this is the way QQ people are. No. Think the best. They might come from any part of the world, but this is the best. The best is that they're a child of God. They're Christians. 
and that's how you should look at it. And in closing, okay, in closing, I'll leave you with a very important prayer that the Lord prayed. Okay? And it summarizes the importance of unity in the church. I know I've taken you through different reasons why we're not united, reasons to be united, and everything. But I'll leave you with a prayer that Jesus said. John 17, 20 to 23. And I'm reading for the New Living Translation. I usually read from New King James, but New Living Translation to have the meaning I want you to get. John 17, 20 to 23. John 17, 20 to 23. I am praying not for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That is you and me. I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one. United in Christ. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. So that the world will believe you sent me. If we are united, the world will believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord. I have given them the glory you gave me. So they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Praise the Lord. That's the conclusion of the matter. It's found in that, the Lord's prayer. It's found that aspect. That's the Lord's heart that we be united in Christ. And people will come to the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because of our unity. God bless you.